You're listening to Auto D coming at you live. Yes, which way, what, when, how? Mr. Auto D flip the track right now. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in on this lovely Monday evening here in Scottsdale, Arizona. It's October 17th, 2016, and uh, tonight we're going to do a little time traveling, visiting with Mr. Dolan Ellis, a man that has been the official balladeer of the state of Arizona since 1966. And while we wait, enjoy this cut from Sarah Jarose called Everything to Hide. I want to step right out and tell you, but I know it's not allowed. Truth is, you're all that I can see in the middle of this crowd. I want to tell you that I'm thankful for your fingers on those strings. want to whisper low into your ear all these forbidden things. But I'll stand right here and hold my tongue for all I know. Do you feel this undercurrent and the changing of the tides? When I'm with you, baby, we got everything to hide. When I'm running out of time is when I want to do it all. When you're running through my mind is when I want to hear you call. Well, you're always running through my mind, so why don't you call now? But it ain't right, but it feels good, let's do this anyhow. But I'll stand right here and hold my tongue for all I know. Quit while I'm ahead, but I ain't through with you. I guess I'll stand right here and hold my tongue. Maybe I'm not the only one. Cause do you feel this undercurrent and the changing of the tides? When I'm with you, baby, we got everything to hide. So pour another. Listening to Auto D coming at you live. And that was everything to hide from Sarah Jarose's last release entitled Undercurrent here on the Auto D Show, where tonight my guest is Dolan Ellis, Arizona's official state balladeer since 1966 
and actually has been appointed by 10 consecutive governors. Welcome to the show, Dolan. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty <laughs> good tonight. <laughs> yes, it's nice to be on your Oh, I show. forgot to tell you, he was four in 1966. <laughs> uh, I'm doing good, and it's really great to be here tonight. Thanks for asking me. Oh, it's an honor to have you. And, and just so everybody knows, just uh, you know, it's always for me, it's always funny when I have a guest on and we sit in front of the microphones before the show and we chat a little bit because I'm constantly going... Stop! Don't say that. I want to talk about that later. <laughs> Dolan has already shared so many interesting things, but uh, first I just want to point out that this might be the very first time you've done an interview without a guitar in your life. It is. I feel naked. And without that guitar naked. to go to and rely on. <laughs> you know, a lot of singers say they feel that way when they're, in a, oh. when they're on stage and they have to put their instrument down and oh, just yeah. sing without it. Absolutely. I. I uh, like I had my cowboy hat here because I can hug it a little bit. When I when I do an interview, I usually have my guitar in my lap. Yeah, and I just I really feel incomplete. Well, the last time I saw you, uh, you may not remember this, but it was we were together in a writers' round at Arizona Songwriters Association out on the West Side. Oh yeah, and you played the, a song, and it came around, and I played a song, but but which we won't talk about. But when you you played your song, it's it was so interesting to watch. How how much you do use your guitar as this powerful partner, in a sense, and so it's like Superman without his cape on. So to have you without your guitar, I know that's kind of like wow. I don't know what I don't know what I'm, I don't know what, where this punchline goes because usually it's I, a chord. <laughs> you know? I feel like a shoe salesman. You know, I feel like I, I don't feel like me well, that's, without my guitar. Yeah, well, that, it's fun. I think it's kind of a neat, neat situation, a neat opportunity for you. Now, we're going to get into a little bit about some of the songs that you've played, and also we have a little uh, special event that's going to happen about midway through the show, which is exciting. You just keep winning awards, so we'll have to talk about that. Uh, but before we do, um, a lot of people know, as I've just stated, that you've been the state balladeer since 1966, and, and what an honor to consecutively be given that honor you know, from uh, 10 consecutive governors. But I want to back up and go back, because I would imagine that there's a story behind the balladeer years, uh, where you came from and how music came into your life. So first of all, are you originally from the Southwest Valley? No. Where are you from originally? I'm a, I'm a Kansas farm boy. Okay. Yep. You grew up with a bunch of brothers and sisters and, on a big farm. Uh, I had uh, one brother and one sister. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there was a... a, a five years between us so i was like 10 years younger than my my older brother so he was more like i mean uh, i loved him a great deal uh and he was a great uh brother but he was so much older that he was never a playmate or anything yeah, he was probably know? old enough that he didn't pick on you a lot oh no he was great <laughs> he was my mentor in life mm -hmm. yeah he uh you know, he'd make me drum sets, by the way. I just remember he this. He built you drum sets? Yeah, out of old um, Kleenex box. you know, the big cardboard boxes uh, from the from the grocery store. We'd get out of the bins at the grocery store. He'd take those, and he'd cut on the sides of them, and we'd take, number. I think they're number 10 cans, the big gallon cans mm -hmm. from Mom's Peaches and stuff, and we'd mm -hmm. stick those into the side. And then he'd get Mother's... Um, uh, wooden spoons, and we'd, I'd use them backwards for drumsticks. Right. And then he'd get her covered uh, uh, pans, you know, uh, <laughs> tops to her pots, right. and put them on uh, broom broomsticks wow. and stick them in there. 
And then he would play his, he had a fabulous connect, a collection of, of, of 78 RPMs. And he was, he loved Dixieland. So he'd put on these Dixielands on a Victrola, honest to God. It was a wind-up Victrola. And he would, and I would play the drums and he'd teach me, and he gave me le- lessons about rhythm, and it stuck wow. with me all these was, years. Was he a drummer or a musician no, or just a music he, fan? He was a fabulous trumpet player. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Is he still playing? Is he with us? No. Okay. No, he's been gone a very, very okay. long time. Okay. Yeah. Well, that begs the question, why in the world did he make you drums? Were you already banging on all of his stuff and he was sick and tired of it? Or, or uh, uh, could he tell you wanted to be a drummer? Or did he want a drummer so he could play his trumpet? What was his impetus for this? I think um, I was a kid with a lot of energy, uh-huh. and, uh, and, and I loved music, and I, you know, I danced. and I mean, you know, I... You probably picked up his horn and made it sound and bad he, once. He, and he knew said, no, that I was a rhythm drums. guy, and right. I am to this very day. It's, you know, cool. I... Uh, I have guitar player friends who are great guitar players, and uh, they can play circles around me. But they all tell me I have a great right hand mm-hmm. because I can do rhythms on my guitar, but I can't do fancy stuff with yeah. my left hand fingers. Yeah. You know, so I'm a rhythm guy. So, how, did you ever get into having a real drum set? Did you play drums in no. ensembles? No, that no. was just the beginning. Never though. did. I wanted to, but my folks, my folks wouldn't hear of it. You were making enough noise yeah. on the Kleenex boxes. <laughs> It's like, we get him real drums, honey. We're going to be in trouble. We could always stick him out in the barn, you know, you can get the noise away. Nope, nope, no, no barn drumming. Okay. Well, then when, when did you move over to uh, guitar? Because you're known as a guitarist and a songwriter. Well, I had a bone disease when I was in junior high school, and um, uh, it put me in bed for uh, uh, quite a while. I had a, it was called Osgood Slaughter's Disease. Okay. And, uh, and uh, I was in bed, and, and those were back in the days of Arthur Godfrey. Right. And so the ukulele was a big deal, you know. Mm-hmm. I told Mom and Dad, I want to learn to play the uke. While I'm in bed, I'll learn to play the uke. Well, they told me later they didn't think I'd ever learn to play it, but I was sick. It was sick, and yeah. I was sick, and it was cheap. Yeah. And so they got me one and a book, you know. Uh-huh. And so I laid in bed and learned to play the, uh, the uh, ukulele. Then time went on. And I really played it a lot, and as I got older, I took it to parties with me. And then I had a girlfriend in high school who bought me my first guitar. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And it girlfriend. was an old Harmony, Harmony Brown Harmony I guitar, those Harmony guitars. six string, yeah. and uh, <clears throat> six string, but. I took two strings off because I only knew how to play four strings because I only had yeah. because of the ukulele and I played the guitar like a ukulele for a while mm-hmm. and then I decided I wanted to go all six strings so I I took lessons mm-hmm. and uh, like I tell people not enough to really hurt my playing that much but I took <laughs> I took some lessons and um, and uh, learned to uh, go to the six string mm-hmm. and then uh, and then. Uh, she ran off with another guy. After at least she got the guitar. Yeah. That's that's still that's not a bad story. Not a bad not a bad ending to the story though. No, so, really, uh, she was a wonderful gal, and yeah, that's how I got my first guitar. Okay, and were you playing in a, in a little get together group ensemble in high school with your guitar yet, or were you just doing solo? No, nah, I've always done solos. I've always uh, written, uh-huh. and uh, I wrote my first song at, in about third grade i think something mm-hmm. like that do you still uh, remember it but i was always a 
Well, I have it at home. My mother, God bless her, saved it. It was I wrote it in pencil on a, one of those old chief mm-hmm. tablets, and uh, it was about. It was called the hobo, and uh, it's amazing how the soul of that third grader song is the same soul of my songs of of uh, the out of doors, the love of the out of doors, and the love for freedom that wow. my music contains. That's interesting. Yeah. Do you still play the ukulele as well? No. Haven't had one in a while? No. You know, George Harrison, he was one of the Beatle guys. He was a huge ukulele fan. And uh, the stories that you hear from his friends were that any time they came over to dinner, you knew the ukuleles were going to come out. And Tom Petty, who's a rock and roll guy, once said, George came over to the house for a party, you know, to get dinner and whatever, and brought brought a ukulele with him but he came in with two and he gave one to tom they play so it's time to leave and he's going to give him give him the ukulele back he says no keep it and he says in fact come with me he took him to the car and he opens his trunk and he gave him a couple more ukuleles at the trunk full he goes you never know when somebody's going to come over it's like you have to have ukuleles around he just it was became his thing you know so it's a very comfortable and convenient instrument to play music on so you might want to pick yeah. that back up you're already a star ukulele player yeah so uh, now you say you didn't really ever get into playing with bands. So, not really. I did. A, I was in a rock and roll band in college. Uh, earned money doing that. And college—that's uh, a weird word for a musician. We're going to have to yeah, cover that one. Yeah, I went to Kansas University. I went to Baker University in Baldwin, Kansas first, and then uh, that was a smaller college. And then I was in communications and uh, I. Wow. I uh, uh, Tele- radio television okay. and uh, 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 and they had a really great TV department up in the William Allen White School of Journalism up in Kansas University so I went up there and I finished up uh, uh, my uh, education up there so when you got out of college did you land a gig in the industry or did I you came out to, to Arizona I've always known that I want to live in Arizona auto this is really really had, spooky really is had you visited beforehand or just kind of never oh then tell me more about this what even what, what was when it? I was a small kid living on that farm I knew I wanted to live in Arizona. Was it the the Western concept in your head? I think it was the Roy Roger movies on Saturday afternoon at the little theater in the little farming town that we lived outside of. That just resonated with you, huh? And it did. And we also, my folks subscribed to National Geographic magazine. And uh, the the Sonoran Desert was featured a lot in that. Along with the topless ladies of Tanganyika. Right, of course. So Dad I, couldn't get too like, mad about that as long as you didn't stay on the page too long. I know, man, I know. I'm not that much younger. When we were little kids, you know, you didn't have an iPhone with access to the Internet and porn like kids do today, which is scary stuff. But, uh, yeah, man, so you make it I think that that yeah. I think that uh, bit me, you know. Uh-huh. I think that got me and, and kind of just branded me. Uh-huh. Uh, I've always wanted to live here, and I knew I was. I knew this is where I was going to go when I was old enough to do whatever I wanted to do. I got out of school. I was married. had a had a, a pregnant wife, and and we came out here to Arizona. I went to work for K O O L Television, okay. and I did about everything a person can do in a television station. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was in TV there for about one year. And Tom Chauncey, who owned that television station along with Gene Autry, he uh, entertained lots of his TV stars, the the old, oh, uh, Aaron Burr and 
mm-hmm. Lucille Ball and Amanda Blake, Miss Kitty, and all these old stars. And he would ask me to come to his beautiful mansion and play my guitar and sing in the corner. He didn't want me to say anything, right. just sing. So he must have seen something in me. He must have seen my love for music. I took my guitar to work with me. I kept it in Studio B. And that was kind of a hurry up and wait kind of a business. And when I was waiting, I'd go in Studio B and I would practice guitar and learn new songs. And mm-hmm. I've always had a passion for entertaining and uh, playing guitar and mm-hmm. singing, writing. And you've always been writing? Always have. I, I like to tell people I have never had in my entire life, hardly, uh, a, a job that my mother would have called a real job. Right. Because I've made my, my living with my music all these years. Mm-hmm. I haven't been the balladeer and then been something else at the same time. I've made my own way and... And uh, it's been, you know how it is. It's good years and bad years, but by God, I I, I did it. Yeah, you know. And so, now I'm retired mostly. Which means you're not doing anything anymore. No, you're doing the same me, thing you were doing when you were working, aren't you? <laughs> Playing shows and writing songs. <laughs> just I'm just not traveling, and I'm not working like I used to. At the height of my career, I was doing over a thousand shows a year. Wow. A thousand shows a year. I worked my butt off. I guess it's an average of three a day. Uh-huh. I was doing nightclubs, three shows a night. Plus, I did, while I was doing that, I did a television travel log for the state of Arizona. I'm out in my Jeep every week and finding ghost towns and gold mines and Indian ruins and all that sort of thing. and Shooting them on an old Bell and Howell 16 millimeter thing you know a, a camera and doing my own editing and then putting into a little five minute program on the on Were you the using some of your music playing behind it and yeah stuff? Mm-hmm. so and uh I, yeah and uh i just have made it up as i go along i've been i that's fascinating i tell you i i i guess i've been lucky it seems like i've worked awful hard but it's yeah. but i guess i've been lucky too because i know a lot of people who have worked awful hard who haven't had the same uh, 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 joy of success that I have yeah. had with my music. Well, and your songs and, and performing is probably taking you all over. All over. Well, you know, I was an original member of the New Christie Minstrels, and with that oh, yeah, group. that's right. Yeah, with what that group, group, we worked, you know, all the biggest venues in now the you world. Say, you say you were an original member, so when that group was founded, you were you were right in there. I was how there that, on day one. How did that get started? <clears throat> started with randy sparks it was his uh vision mm-hmm. and uh he had a group called randy sparks three that was sort of the nucleus of it and they really put it to put the they, they lit the flame mm-hmm. you know but then i came in very shortly after that i i think i'm there were um seven eight people in the group seven or eight people depending on the time of history and i think i came in at about number six or seven Mm-hmm. And I was there before any recordings when we were still struggling and trying to get a recording contract and everything. And we took that all the way from there to Grammy Award in 1962 and uh, gold records uh, with, with the group and all of that. So it was a hell of yeah, a... Yeah, and then it I think a, in, it says in 1963, won a, the Grammy was for Best oh, that's Group, so I cool. Guess. That's so cool. You can see if I'm lying or not, can't you? <laughs> no, I'm not checking. That's, that's what I'm doing. No, I have no, your seat tells me that. I got a little light behind you. I know what you're lying. You know, I want to tell you that 
oh, just in the last couple of years, uh-huh. um, when I do doing my shows, I'll say, "Here's a place that you know very few people know about." And I was out there, you know, and it was on a bright sunny day, and it's a place called uh, Camino del Diablo, the Devil's Highway. It's an old wagon trail that goes down, you know, across to Yuma and all that. And people are out of my audience, and they're googling. Right. What I'm talking about on stage. <laughs> Isn't that cool? It is absolutely cool. I, I mean, as a first, communication first time major, I saw that has it, to be I, I saw thing. them out there. I thought, well, he must be Googling his wife or something. You yeah, know, or, I mean, must be emailing his wife or something. And, and no, he was. And that, that happens all the time in my audiences anymore. You know, that gave me an idea. You need to travel with a screen. And. And where people, you have somebody, even if there's just somebody with an iPad with you to help set things up, and they're sitting there doing that stuff. When you're saying it, they're punching it up, and it's all coming up. Let everybody watch this stuff and introduce this stuff while you're playing. That'd be an awesome idea. I like that idea. Yeah. We'll work on that. But let's get back to the new Christy Minstrels. Yeah. How old were you when you got into the group? You were a pretty young man. I would have been <clears throat> 26. So you've been playing guitar in your spare time for 10 years now. Yeah. And this group was formed in, in Arizona or Kansas? In, in, in uh, Los Angeles, oh, in Los Hollywood. Angeles. Yeah. Okay. I had to move my family over there. We rented a place. I had a was home Was that over after here. you had come to Phoenix or before you Oh, it was after. Yeah, I oh, already okay. had a home here in Scottsdale. Okay, that's what I thought. Okay. And I, mo- I rented my home out and moved my family over. And now, you, you mentioned to me when you were young, you always knew you were going to live in Arizona. You started, you wrote your first song when you were just a child. You, you were playing cardboard drums, you know. So you you always had some sort of confidence that this was your path and it was where you're going to go. But still, when when this happened uh, and this band took off, and you saw Grammy Award, you saw a Gold Record. How did that feel? Oh, I had to keep pinching myself that because I was doing the same stuff I did before it all happened. But all of a sudden, it, you know, I'd get up and I'd do a song that I'd been doing for five years someplace else now i'm getting up doing oh it's a genius i mean oh wow it's really great same stuff right it's just a matter of presentation a matter of psychological positioning and uh it it was a fabulous experience and and it was really the basis for the rest of my career mm-hmm. rest of how my do life. you mean basis did it give you a, a confidence yeah, in what you were absolutely. doing so you know what i can this works I absolutely can it gave me the confidence, and it gave me it just it it gave me uh, it centered me mm-hmm. it's in my music. It made you go, Mom, Dad. I told you this was a real job. That's right. <laughs> I can't do. And know? then I I came back to Arizona, and uh, I was kind of rattling around here. I mean, it's 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 a little difficult to go from Carnegie Hall. To a coffee house in the, on the back streets of Scottsdale, you know, with with twenty people in the room, yeah. or, or to walk know. in and go, don't you people know I have a Grammy? And I go, yeah, record, right. And they'll say, no, we didn't. <laughs> and thank you. But now you see, it doesn't up. mean anything. That doesn't, doesn't mean anything. It doesn't. That's that's as it's big all, as it's it is. Done. To you. It's over with. Yeah, you know, it, it doesn't hold what you're like doing that. right now on this stage yeah. for that audience. That's right. Doesn't matter if you did a Grammy award. You're playing a damn little tiny coffee that's house, right. and that's where you are. And I think a lot you of know. people have a hard time with that transition, especially if they were really big for a while. When they come down a little bit, they seem to have such a trip on their shoulder that you can hardly stay in their, sh- yeah, their audience. Yeah, but you see, I didn't have mm-hmm. that much of a trouble. It was a little of a 
culture shock for right, me right. because I was such used to such a professional level of show right. business, which right. I was not in anymore. Right. Uh, but I quit the New Christian Minstrels because I missed Arizona. I missed the desert. I missed being out there and camping and, and backpacking. Was, and, and you quit when it right. was still happening. That band oh, was yeah. still happening. We were still right at the top of mm-hmm. our, uh, you know, everybody said I was career. nuts when I, when I quit. Of course. Uh, I, uh, but I knew that I had a, another path in life that I ought to be following. I mm-hmm. knew that the New Christie Minstrels in Hollywood was not my path. Well, that's that's just that's incredible. I want to throw one more thing at you real quick before we get to one of your songs because I want to play some of your music. Mm-hmm. But um, you also, with as a member of the New Christie Minstrels, had an opportunity to play in the Andy Williams show. And when I was a little kid, that was one of my favorite shows. I used yep. to watch Andy Williams all the time. I might have saw you on TV. Yep. I won't say every it, week. I won't say like Jim did when I was that little. <laughs> eighty million, eighty million people a week. We were the top variety show of the of the of yeah. the time. And so the band, you guys were a regular on the show. Yeah, every yeah. week. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. I remember that. That's that is awesome. So you got to know Andy pretty well. Oh I yeah, imagine. Sure. Tell me a little bit about him. Was he as wonderful as I'd like to imagine? Yeah, yeah. For being a big star, uh, <laughs> I mean, there was a big distance between us and him. Yeah, I mean, you when know, you get to cross oh, paths, oh yeah. Mr. Williams, right, you know, it wasn't right. for me. It wasn't Andy. Some of the other guys called him Andy, but I, I was calling him Mr. Williams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good call. <laughs> I think that's a good move. That's a, that's pretty but, incredible. Um, I, I always I always uh, thought that he had a voice that was so. Um, there's certain velvet to his voice is just, just pretty. Didn't matter what he sang. He was cool. Just felt good. You know, he yeah. had a certain sound to he his voice. He was smooth. Yeah, it really was. Really was. I don't want to tell you to run any show or anything, but I... <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, feel free. But, Everybody does. But if we're going to play that song, that uh-huh. is a very special... The, the, are you going to do the Mustang song? What are you doing? Uh, Orphan of the Hills? We can do actually. I have. I'm queued up. Uh, I'm home. I'm queued up. Orphan of the Hills. Oh, well, let's I'm queued do up, I'm home. Uh, six okay. Sticks of Dynamite, which I want to get to later. Let's that's do I'm home. Okay. Okay. So I'm home then. I think that's a, uh, uh, a yeah. Would be a great I, song to that's play. That's not the order I sent them to you. Yeah, through, so. I don't really pay much it, attention to fine. that. Okay. Uh, it's okay. I kind of listen to them and go. Ooh, I just I knew. I just I got a group. Shut up! You're I just got, a guest. I got a <laughs> shut up. I'm going to play. I've got a great story that goes with uh, with the Mustang It's my song. show. All right, well, oh, you just think fine, it is. Fine, Dolan. Fine. Fine. Tell me your story. Tell me your story. Uh, okay, tell me your story. No, I'm going to, <laughs> I'm going to wait until After just the before, song? It'll be... When we do the Mustang song, can, can uh, you, I'll tell. Oh, the story. which one's the Mustang song? It's Orphan of the Hills. Oh, we may never get to that at the rate we're going. Okay, but okay. But do you have a story for I'm Home? Oh, I do. Oh well, let me hear that story then. This song, ladies was and gentlemen, written, this is the, not the Mustang story. <laughs> this song was written on the Mugion Rim, right? And uh, I was camped up there. I was alone at the time. Can and you I, say it more like this? And I, I was, was camped up there. I was over by. For those of you who know the the area up there, I was I was over it was dark. by uh, 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 by uh, uh, Reservoir Lake. Okay, I think it was. Anyway, uh, I woke up in the morning. I was and I was camped light. I just had my jeep, a cot, and and uh, some hamburgers and. You know, build a fire. Had a, bottle, had a bottle of tequila. Well, there you go. And <laughs> and I and I and I had a, my own little best party. Uh-huh. And I just kind of laid over on my my cot and I I went to sleep. 
I woke up the following morning, and these ravens were darting through these tall pine trees up there. That's the world's largest stand of ponderosa pine up in the in that uh, in those woods up there. Wow! And they're flying through there, and the sun is coming up, and the air is fantastic, and this song just burst out of me wow. when I was up there. Yeah. That is fantastic. Yeah. So what year would you say you wrote this song? I think I have that written this, down. This, this is 2002? Yeah, right? that would have been 2002. It's and not, is, it's, is, believe it or not, it's not one of my old ones. Is it a song that's commercially available for people if they love what they're hearing? Uh, just on my website and at my shows. What is your website? Dolanellis.net. That's D-O-L-A-N-E-L-L-I-S. Dot net or dot com. Either way. If you want me to say it again, just listen to the show tomorrow and write it down. Cool. Well, let's listen to I'm Home. Okay. Ravens riding on the morning breeze I'm in my sleeping bag and comfy as can be And I know I'm home Coffee boiling on a campfire hot Breakfast cooking in a cast iron pot I'm playing my guitar on my army cot And I know I'm home Like a river running through my mind Washing away my cares In the magic of this moment so divine Morning air Like an answered prayer With my soul entwined Down the canyon there's a sound I hear An elk is whistling for his mate so near Nature's music flowing in my ear And I know I'm home Like a river running through my mind Washing away my cares In the magic of this moment so divine Morning air Like an answered prayer With my soul in twice I've never seen the summer sky so blue The grass is greener from the morning dew world's at peace in everything I view, and I know I'm home. 
Yes, I know I'm home. I'm home. And that was I'm Home from Dolan Ellis here on the Auto D Show. That was exciting, Dolan. Thanks. Great song. Thank you. And I'm going to try and get to a couple more with a couple more stories. Uh, But before I do, we have a little bit of a surprise, and I'm really excited. We mentioned that we might do a little something in the middle of the show relating to just another award for uh, Dolan. So uh, I have another guest on the show I'd like to introduce at this point, and it's Mr. Jim West. Jim, how are you doing? Hey, Otto. Thanks for having us back tonight. It's a lot of fun listening to the great stories that that Dolan's got. I know, and unfortunately, the show isn't eight hours long. (laughs) It's only one, so we aren't going to get anywhere. But uh, we've got a couple more great songs with great stories I want to try and get to. But you have got a little something in your hand. And yes, this is indeed. A special uh, day. Dolan, of course, it. has been the official state balladeer since 1966, 50 years yeah. this year. I'm, I've and, been fighting for him to try and get the governor to pick me, but I can't yeah. seem to get that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put in a good word for you. Thanks, man. And the Greater Arizona Country and Western Music Association up in Prescott Valley mm-hmm. has inducted Dolan into the uh, their Hall of Fame up there. Awesome. So we would like to present Dolan with a certificate and a plaque as part of the Greater Arizona Country Western Music Association. Mr. Dolan Ellis, congratulations. Look at that. Congratulations. And there's a, there's a, you know, grab there's a little picture great. of that right there. Let me see that. Yeah, just like. Wow, I wish the audience could see it. Well, well if I knew how to Facebook for my phone, we probably could. <laughs> the greater probably could. Country and you've got uh, Mr. Gary Clemens uh, on the so line. He's the president of the organization. Gary, would you like to say a couple words? I'd love to. Gosh, thanks for calling. Uh, first of all, I really enjoy listening to the auto show every Monday Just night. Gary, I, I can't hear you. Well, thank you so, very well, much, well, Gary. I appreciate that. That's fantastic. Well, it is, it, my, my, it's one of my favorites shows to listen to, especially for local news and about music. And thank you, Otto, for championing that for all these uh, all these episodes. Listen, uh, as president, reigning president of the uh, Greater Arizona Country Music Hall of Fame, I would like to say congratulations myself uh, on the air to Dolan. Uh, it's well-deserved. It's not that we forgot about him. He probably deserved it a lot sooner, but you know, the guy's so busy you couldn't hit him with a bag of popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, this we is great. Slow, we, we had to slow him down enough to give you the I had to sneak him into this that. room with Jim oh. to tie him down to <laughs> yep. get you on the phone. Gary, that, this is really great. Thank you guys so much. I just I just really, really appreciate it. You know, it uh, when you get when you get to my time of life, you'll understand why these things are really, really important uh, mm-hmm. to an individual. And uh, I figure, you know, I didn't make as much money as I thought I was going to make in, in, surprise, in, 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 with my music. Surprise, surprise. So uh, I'll, take, uh, I'll, I'll take recognition, <laughs> too. I hear you. <laughs> well, w- w- once, again, w- once again, you gentlemen, uh, congratulations. And uh, I want to hear the stories. And uh, and give back some time to Dolan and the NU Auto and one of my favorite all-time disc jockeys, Jim West, also. Thank you, Jim, for doing that. Hey, no problem, Gary my Clemens friend. Gary. Thank you. Gary Clemens up here in Prescott saying, congratulations, Dolan. Thank, we'll see you soon. Thank, ev- thank everybody for me, will you please? All righty, Gary, take care. Thanks for your time. Thank you, Otto. All right, cool. that's awesome, that's man. Cool. We got we got all the cool people on tonight. That was great. And, Jim, oh. thanks so much for bringing the plaque down my and doing pleasure. the presentation. My pleasure. 
And so let's get back to you, Dolan, in relationship to these other songs. We were joking about a horse story. So tell me a little bit about that story and that song. Well, it kind of uh, ties in with what I'm doing today <clears throat> in that um, I don't know if you've been seeing this on television and newspaper and such, but uh, we have a herd of wild horses out on the edge of our city mm-hmm. here, out around the Fountain Hills and beyond there on the lower salt. And um, they are they are called the Salt River Wild Horses. I've been watching these horses for years, probably 40 years mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. something like mm-hmm. that. And I've been interested in wild horses for for maybe even longer than that. And I wrote this song back in 1971. 1971 was the year that the Congress of the United States of America passed its first law protecting our wild horses mm-hmm. of, uh, of, of the nation. And um, it was called the Wild Horse, uh, Free Roaming Wild Horse and Wild Burrow Act of 1971. And I wrote this song, Mustang Song or the uh, Orphan of the Hills, uh, back in 71. Well, it's been on, you know, one of my old albums. Well, since I've become involved with the Wild Horse Management Group, and the Wild Horse Management Group is a group of really highly dedicated people that are, their purpose is to protect and to preserve those wild horses. About a year or so ago, uh, the uh, Bureau of Land Management and the uh, National Forest decided that those horses should be rounded up and... uh, and eliminated mm-hmm. because they were a nuisance. Uh, they were afraid that it was a potential problem with the public and uh, you know liabilities and all of that. The Wild Horse Management Group, uh, of which uh, uh, Marilee and I are, are members, mm-hmm. decided that um, that was not okay. Right. And uh, to make a long story short, uh, we were able to stop that roundup. And uh, since that time, we were able, through uh, with the help of um, of uh, some uh, um, House of Representatives mm-hmm. and that sort of thing, we were able to get a bill passed that um, was submitted to the governor and was signed into law that pro- now protects these horses. Mm-hmm. And it says that they are indeed wild horses and not stray livestock as the government uh, pr- thought that uh, they right. were. Trying to classify them. And um, they may not be disturbed. They may not be uh, bothered or molested in any kind of way. And these horses are going to be around forever, really, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, as part of our heritage here in the state of Arizona. They are part of our living heritage. These horses go back Mm-hmm. You know that we know of, we can document to 1830, and they must go back way before that to mm-hmm. the conquistadors and uh, that. So anyway, I have taken this old song. I didn't change the recording at all. It's this this song is what 50, uh, uh, 40, f- 45 or 46 years yeah. old, and um, I I have taken photo- uh, photographs taken by our. Um, uh, volunteer photographers in the Wild Horse Management Group, mm-hmm. and I put it together into a DVD. Oh, cool. Marilee and I have, have funded this, and uh, we uh, fund, fund any kind of renewal of it that's needed. Every dime that comes from the CD goes to help those horses. Mm-hmm. And, um, and what's the DVD called? The, DV, the, the DVD is called 
Orphan of the Hills. Okay. It's the uh, it's the song itself. It's a one song DVD. Okay. And um, um, what else do I do I want to say about it? In uh, other than uh, we are raising money with this by uh, in my shows and online and such. If people will donate to the horses, then we actually give them this DVD because mm-hmm. the money doesn't go to us. It goes to right. the wild management wild horse management group. I was unfamiliar with the the fact that all these horses were there until a couple of years ago when you started seeing yep. a lot of posts social media when this well, problem was coming up. We've been I've never in my life taken part in any kind of a public right. uh, uh, demonstrations or anything like that. Right. But you know there comes a time where you just where you just uh, can't remain silent right. anymore. I think I saw it was on Channel Three. One of the channel news channels recently had a helicopter showing a, like a just a ton of them running wild. Oh, in the that, now that wasn't the Salt Rivers. Though. Okay, those, where was those that? Where were, was that? Yeah, those those were over um, a Wild Horse Pass area. Oh, okay. Area. Yeah. I'm confused. I don't know too much about those horses. Broadcast. Uh, I'm really involved with the with okay. the Salt River Wild cool. Horses, and that's what this song was written for all the way back in or was. This song was actually written, written for, them, those horses for, for back wild in horses. Yes, back in '71, and it's been reactivated into this DVD. Cool. So let's listen to this track, which Eight. is called "Orphan on the Hills." Forty-six or years on old. On the hills. Forty-six yeah. years old. Hear the hoofbeats of the Mustang pounding across the desert floor. Find the unshot tracks of where he's been to sleep the night before. Soon he'll silhouette the sunsets on horizons nevermore. And he'll never pass this water hole again. No, we'll never hear his whinny in the wind. But we'll always have his name on a second world war plane. His shape was still be seen on a Detroit street machine. Is he happy running wild as the West's abandoned child? Or is he living like an orphan of the hills? His mama's mama carried wires of Geronimo. His daddy's daddy fought the battle of the Alamo. Today I fear the time is near He'll join the buffalo And he'll never pass this water hole again No, we'll never hear his whinny In the wind But we'll always have his name On a second world war plane His shape was to be seen On a Detroit street machine Is he happy running wild As the West's abandoned child Or is he living like an orphan of the hills We've worked to keep the bighorn sheep A job well done by man We guide the course of natural forces That grow up on this land It's time to help the Mustang horse, his destiny's at hand Or he'll never pass this water hole again No, we'll never hear his whinny in the wind 
But we'll always have his name on a second world war plane. His shape was to be seen on a Detroit street machine. Is he happy running wild as the West's abandoned child? Or is he living like an orphan of the hills? Is he happy running wild as the West's abandoned child? Or is he living like an orphan of the hills? Listening to Auto D coming at you live. And that was Orphan of the Hills by Dolan Ellis here on the Auto D show uh, with a great story behind that. That's really, really cool. I'm glad to see that it's been revived and being used again. Yep. It's going to be too. exciting. Um, yeah, you know, I was, while we were listening, I started thinking again about the uh, balladeer status, you know, uh, or. Or appointment, and I'm wondering. I don't know exactly. Is it an appointment, or how does that come about? How does it come about that you became a state balladeer, and do all states have an official balladeer? I think. Uh, well, first of all, it was totally and completely unsolicited. Mm-hmm. Uh, Governor Goddard was the guy that created it. Okay. And uh, uh, Sam Goddard, uh, Terry Goddard's dad. Mm-hmm. He used to bring Terry in to see my shows, and Terry had braces on. <laughs> Kind of a skinny little kid. <laughs> and, he's uh, still a skinny kid. <laughs> Not a kid anymore, but he's, you know. <laughs> and uh, I like Terry. And um, But anyway, um, I had come back from the New Christian Minstrels. Phoenix was a very small town back in those days. Mm-hmm. And when I came back home to Arizona, uh, I was a pretty, pretty hot item, you know, mm-hmm. coming back from that kind of success and yeah. coming back home again. And uh, so, uh, and um, I was writing and photographing and doing my television travel logs, and and I opened a nightclub called Dolan's. It was Arizona's first hard liquor full bar folk club. I figured all of us were too old to drink coffee anymore, <laughs> and uh, so uh, a lot of activity going on. And uh, Goddard had, used to bring his family in before he was governor to see my show. Mm-hmm. He'd always uh, liked my music. And when he became governor, he sent a fellow by the name of Jim Gramantis to me. I think Jim now lives in Dallas or someplace. And uh, he was a House of Representative. He says, Governor Goddard wants to know how you'd like to be Arizona's official state balladeer. I wasn't really quite sure what that was. Mm-hmm. But it's, or how often you'd have to go to the office. Yeah, you know, but, uh, but uh, I thought it sounded awfully good. Yeah. I thought, you know, it's just exactly what I want to be. And my certificate is the same certificate as the House of Representatives when they are sworn into office. Oh, cool. It's a governor appointment. Neat. I could have taken that certificate. I could have hung it on the wall. I've got a trophy room at home and all kinds of stuff that uh, has been given to me over mm-hmm. the year, years. And, uh, but I didn't. I just wrapped myself up in this because I went, this is me. This is what I want to be in life. So I became Arizona's balladeer, and I was using it in all of my – I was talking about it on stage, and everybody kind of made fun of me for a while because don't forget, back in those years, that was the 60s, anything establishment was crap. I mean, you know, know, we – you know. Nobody, you know, all the folk singers, they, none of them were 
you know. Uh, so here I was, Arizona's official balladeer, and pe- people would kind of snicker when sure. I would say it. But after about five years, the snickers stopped, and people uh, discovered I was dead serious about what I was doing. And um, it, uh, it's uh, just kind of been building out ever since then. And uh, it's now been 13 governors. Governor Ducey has just redone it. Oh, okay. It's been redone by every governor for the last 50 years. That's amazing. And a governor, like I said, governor, I just got my certificate from, from uh, Governor Ducey here a while back. So uh, I, uh, I thank Governor Sam Goddard for really channeling my career for me. And it's been um, people, you know, it's been a strange, it's been a double-edged sword. In some ways, it was helpful in mm-hmm. my career. In some ways, it, it, it was uh, difficult because um, there were negative connotations about it and there were corny convert uh, uh, about it you know in the very beginning i think it can be perceived as a parking space like yeah. oh you're there yeah. so now you can't do all these other things that other else does because you're that you know well i you know what are you going to be next year arizona's official bola tie where yeah, you know it, you became an ambassador to the state of arizona indirectly because of that ambassador to uh, the music that you performed and wrote and you know helped the I tourism did. cause yeah i did and it uh and also you know, I've always really tried to work good places. I didn't feel I should be working some cruddy little bar someplace, you know. Mm-hmm. If I'm the state balladeer, I shouldn't be, you know. Right. So uh, it, it, I had to turn down work sometimes mm-hmm. because I had to, I felt I, a responsibility to hold. That's interesting. To hold a, I'm sure a they're, standard. They're, the, the governor's intention certainly wasn't to saddle you with that. And uh, no, but I I can understand uh, how you could feel that responsibility, you know. But and I don't mean to say it was a burden because it wasn't. But it it was just a teeter totter situation. You had to know how to to manage it and manage being it. Mm -hmm. And um, and so um, uh, and not only was I the first of Arizona, but I was the first state balladeer of any state of the United States of America. Wow. Mm And so, uh, and oh, there's some been, other states have balladeers. Oh, they know? do now. You bet. They yeah, the very first. Uh, I know that Alaska has one. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma has one. Texas has one. I'm not for sure about some of Let's the other. Let's go back states. to Kansas and see if they have one yet. Well, I've if if, if it falls through for one. me around here, I I'll fall back to Kansas <laughs> <Okay>. again because <laughs> I will not stand for not being a state balladeer. There is something that I'd like to bring up, if I may. This is Jim West again. Yeah, uh, Dolan Jim. and I have been friends for 35 years or more. Uh, and uh, I know that one of his passions years ago was to create what they called an Arizona folklore preserve. And uh, several years, he got busy, along with a bunch of other folks in University of Arizona, and created one down in southeastern Arizona. Tell us about that, Dolan. I'm going to let you explain how that came to be. Well, I, I went to actually the Scottsdale Library. And I went to the Southwest Room, the old li- uh, the library down here years ago, and I went to the folklore uh, uh, section. It was about three inches wide. It had a Burl Ives book and uh, uh, some sea chanties from someplace else or something. And I went, and I knew a couple hundred, or at least a hundred, of working 
actively uh, uh, folk singers that were writing and preserving and documenting our our uh, our culture and our history in this state. And I'm going like, you know, where's all their stuff, you know? And 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 uh, worst of all, where where was my stuff? <laughs> I, mean, I think I've earned that. Yeah. yeah. So. So uh, I thought, you know, we have places for dance. We have places for uh, symphonies. We have places for photography. We have places for... Where's the place? Where's the Mecca place to celebrate the folk, the, the folk artist of Arizona? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There wasn't one. So I thought, well, I, I think it's that time in life I ought to do that. So I went down to southern Arizona. I bought a 20-acre piece in Ramsey Canyon. And... Um, uh, put this thing together, and we are now uh, in our 22nd season at the Arizona Folklore Preserve. Wow. We have partnered with the University of Arizona, and um, we, uh, we're we just clicking along. We've now had over 200 Arizona folk artists to be with us down there. Cool. And uh, so hopefully... Uh, now, you're the yeah. artist in residence there. I'm the artist in residence. I do a show once a month. Right. I do two shows. And you've got, got some coming up this weekend. i got this weekend, Saturday and Sunday. Thank you. Boy, you're a good promoter. <laughs> he's, this a guy. Big, he's a big fan. <laughs> so where exactly is the show? It's in southern Arizona, in uh, just below Sierra Vista. It's in the Huachuca Mountains, and it's in Ramsey Canyon, which is a beautiful canyon, which touts of having more varieties of hummingbirds than any place in the United States of America. Wow. It is where the uh, Nature Conservancy has their uh, uh, hummingbird place there. Okay. And there's also a really, really romantic little uh, bed and breakfast right there within walking distance from the Folklore Center. That sounds and like a And you can find, find us online. You know, you can find us on Facebook, find us online, ArizonaFolklorePreserve.com. Arizona yeah, or just okay. Google Arizona Folklore Preserve. Right. And I think you'll like what you see. Yeah. It's an incredible awesome. place. I plan on going down there and check out his show. Yeah. yeah. Sounds like a great idea. Yeah. And so uh, that's this weekend. Yes. Fantastic. Um, I want to, we're running close on the hour. We've got about okay. another five minutes. And there's this another song I want to get to. This song is four minutes long, so we're probably not going to play the whole thing. Okay. But uh, it's a song called Six Sticks of Dynamite. And that sounds more like a hip hop song to me than, <laughs> well, than the ballad. Well, let me tell you, this is <laughs> my newest piece, and I'll, I'll just be brief on it. It's my newest Take piece. Your time. And it, uh, it documents the murder of Don Bowles. People who've been around Ooh, here for a right. while. Yeah, and that was just before I came to town. I remember yeah. I got here yeah. and it was still and, uh, still with the about it. with the killing of Don Bowles by the underworld, it really changed Phoenix forever. The perception of what Phoenix was. Before that it was a place of 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 guest ranches and old Roy Rogers images and wooden sided station wagons and Places where people came here for for dude ranches and cookouts and that citrus groves and orange yes. and, and then palm with trees. This. And for those who don't know, who was Don Bowles? Don Bowles was a newspaper reporter for the Arizona Republic, and, and what he, got him? And into this he position? was doing research and investigative reporting on the land frauds, the liquor frauds, and the uh, dog track frauds of the state of Arizona. The mafia mm. that the under yeah, yeah that the underworld was. Um, was uh, uh, in charge of, and I guess maybe he, like the song says, wrote too much, and they blew him up at the Clarendon Hotel under the guise of a tip being there for him. He could come down there with somebody was going to give him a tip uh, of some wow. kind. 
And do you recall what year that was? It was 1976, June 2nd, 1976. And so, but you wrote this song. When did you write this tune? Recently, I, I, like this oh, year? Oh, yes. I've just <clears throat> finished it. And um, what, I sang why, it. Why? Why did you write it now? What, because what? Um, Ben Tyler, who has produced a lot of uh, wonderful Arizona uh, plays and stuff, he uh, put together an evening uh, uh, called, uh, what was that evening? The Wallace and Ladmo? No. No, 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 no. Anyway, he put together a 40th anniversary celebration oh. for Don for the killing of Don the, Bowles. The anniversary. Okay. And sure. he called me on the phone and said, would you be interested in writing a song oh, for okay. it? And I said, yeah. So I wrote the song for that evening. I went down and sang it at that, uh, at that evening on the rooftop of the Clarendon Hotel oh, where he wow, was cool. murdered yeah. down in the parking lot. Yeah. In fact, is I parked my car right in the spot where he wow. was. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's pretty wild. Yeah. Well, let's listen to that. Let's listen to uh, Six Sticks of Dynamite. Yeah, that's, by, what, that's how many sticks Dolan they Ellis. put under the floorboard. Okay, let's check this tune out. Six Sticks of Dynamite They bombed his car in the broad daylight He wrote too much and someone took him down The face of Phoenix changed that day its innocence was blown away No longer was it a dusty little desert town On the second day of June A little short of noon Don Bowles got a call from an underworld informer Said, meet me and I'll tell at the Clarendon Hotel in the lobby at the chairs back in the corner. Don drove his Datsun car to this meeting. I'd like to play the whole song, but we're going to have to get going. But uh, I hear drums in this song. I can hear this oh, thing being. Man. Doom, doom, doom. Oh yeah, it's, it's big, such big, a dark song. It is. Yeah. Did they like it? What you'd written for the event? Oh yeah, it's yeah. Neat. His widow was there that night. Uh-huh. First responders were there that night. Um, uh, um, some of the investigating officers were there that night. His daughter was there that night. It was quite a night. It really uh, was. Well, and Dolan, tonight was quite a night, too. It was great to have you. Thanks That's for coming in wonderful to the show. to be with you. Thank you very much. Sorry we had to race through that last piece. The uh, An hour can just fly by in here, especially yep. when you're winning awards and everything. That's right. Congratulations again, Dolan. What's your well, website thank again? You. Thank you. www.dolanellis.com. Perfect. So uh, if you want details about this weekend again, are they on that website? Yes. Fantastic. So check it out and get down there. Check out the hummingbirds. Find me on Facebook. Absolutely. And thanks, Jim, for coming in as well. My pleasure. Thank you. Yep. All right, everybody, have a great night. Thanks for listening.